Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG Podcast, hosted by me, Trevor Cuba, a.k.a. Kikita Onimaru, the last dueling standing between this oncoming wave of Maho and Black Scrolls and whatnot, and who I have standing right beside me, not betraying me in these efforts whatsoever. Max Williams, also known as Mackie No Oni, or Whacked Mackie Online, and I swear if you just hand me all the Black Scrolls we find, they will be used properly. All right, here's my plan. I'm going to give you all of my jade. I'm going to tell you exactly where all of our precious <laughs> targets are, okay? I'll trust you with these secrets with my life, okay? It's all up yeah. to you. Yeah. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> what have you been up to lately? You just got done doing your Blood Bowl, which is like some like Final Fantasy or no, Fantasy Football plus Warhammer and then somehow more nerdy. Uh, yes, I was playing as the vampire team versus the team of Nurgle Chaos Warriors. It's a Nurgle. It's the, it's the Chaos God of Life. Papa Nurgle loves you, and he wants to embrace you, and you know how you make the most life? Well, first you kill everything, because way that... more bacteria can live off of that than one you, so. That's a, that's a fair logic. Fair yeah. Logic. Okay. But they're they're like rotten decay and stuff like that. Uh, okay. I, I ended up winning my game, which is always nice. The vampires came through. Look at him, Tatamoto, winning in <laughs> other games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't stop winning. Yeah. I've been losing. I don't know. I've been I'm in this Discord league. I haven't won a single game. I haven't lost a single game because I haven't played. But I wonder if they're <laughs> going to kick me out, but that's regardless. Yep. One thing I have been doing is I just got a brand new computer. Uh, for everyone who doesn't know, probably you too, Max, uh, I do everything. Oh, well, I was doing everything on this MacBook I have. I got it like five years ago. It was pretty powerful when I got it. But, you know, technology, it catches up on you real fast. And mm -hmm. also, there's a lot of things you just can't do with a Mac. Like, I've been experimenting with some streaming stuff for the convention I work at, and I just kept hitting roadblock and roadblock of, oh, your computer's too old. Oh, your computer's not powerful enough. Oh, Macs don't actually work with the programs we need to use and stuff. So I, I just bit the bullet and uh, got me a fancy new gaming PC. Um, it's shiny. It's got glowing buttons. What's the deal with gamers these days with glowing neon lights on everything? Like, half this thing is growing, glowing like a Christmas tree. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, well, I swear that uh, my keyboard's glowing right now. Uh, <laughs> and my, my computer kind of glows a little bit, but not that much. It's actually just the graphics card that I have in it glows naturally. It's just how it's designed. Uh, yeah, I've got, I got the, I've got a glowing keyboard and the tower itself. I'm old enough. I used to still call it a tower. Yeah. I've got a, a see-through window where the wall should be, which is yep. new to me. That just opens, and uh, the the something in there is spinning and sparkling colors. <laughs> Clearly, I'm a computer expert. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I used to have a my headset used to glow as well until I upgraded to a better headset with a freestanding microphone. Because uh, I, ha I had a gamer headset that glowed. I'm having this weird revelation this last week where you sometimes don't realize how restricted you've been until the shackles are unleashed. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, wow, I could just go to websites and download programs and just do it. Like I, you know, being a 35-year-old man in the year 2020, I'm just now getting into Steam. Like I've had a Steam account and mm -hmm. I had like who. 
Flash games or something out there. Like, <laughs> oh, I could play video games on this thing. This is yep. amazing. Yeah, play Disco Elysium. Yeah, that game is great. By the way, if anybody hasn't played that game, I recommend it. It's pretty fun. Here, give them a give them a rundown of what is Disco Elysium that we're going to talk about on this L five R podcast. So, Disco Elysium is uh, an RPG game where you are a cop who wakes up in a hotel room. Uh, and you slowly piece together that there's a murder going on, and you have no, but you're completely and utterly, you have no memory. I, why am I, I, why am I blanking? You have amnesia. Because you have amnesia. That's Apparently, why you're <laughs> yeah. So you have amnesia. You remember nothing, and you have to piece it together. And in, in like a traditional RPG, you have skills and such. Uh, however, unlike a traditional RPG, these skills are voices in your head. And they will talk to you, and the higher you level the skills, the more and more they'll invade your mind. To the point where sometimes, you know, you might have, like, the shooting skill, and you get better at shooting, and as you get better, it'll be like, hey, we could shoot that, and it'll give you options to shoot that you never could. But it also, sometimes, if it's really high level, it might go, hey, we're shooting that, and you don't get an option not to shoot it. Yeah, to be clear, it's not just quotes voices in your head as like you talk about the, the shooting skill it, these are aspects of your personality that you can choose to grow and nurture and also as you're going through the game as you talk to people and solve uh mysteries and learn ideas you get like various notions that you can like choose to incorporate as part of your core personality which will drastically change which of these mental aspects or more power yep. over you Uh, Discord League, I, because I've been spending so much time building my computer is the excuse I'm going to use this week, uh, have not played any of my Discord League games yet. <laughs> uh, I just checked on this podcast. Um, apparently, I have seven days to knock it out, so I am think I'm going to try to jam out a bunch of these things on Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> it's fair. And hopefully not get kicked out for being a no-show. We'll and anybody see. who's just like, no, nah, sorry, I'm busy, be like, you better not be going to any Thanksgiving holiday meetings. Some of the people in my pod got, like, most of their games done the first day, like within hours <laughs> of the thing going live. I am not one of those people. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody else is just sitting around like, I guess we're just waiting on Trevor. <laughs> it's not like I'm hard to find. I'm all over the place online. It's not yep. where I'm supposed to be at any given time. <laughs> yep. All right. In the world of news, as usual, not much going on. However, one of the benefits we get for recording on right now, our current schedule is record on Mondays, and immediately after this podcast, I will edit it so it's out and available hopefully by Tuesday, maybe Wednesday if I'm busy. It happens. Um, but uh, a lot of L5R news seems to be dropping on Monday this uh, lately. It's been a few months where I think Monday has been a pretty casual news drop. And also, mm -hmm. if something happens over the weekend or near the end of the week, uh, I could also do what I'm doing right now is, oh, I could listen to the Jade Throne talk about it and then like uh, use their opinions to form the basis of my own opinions when I come around. So uh, Tyler posted on uh, Twitter, uh, but he posted, good morning, L5R LCG players. I enjoyed my teaser last quarter, so here's a teaser from this quarter. 
The Winter Imperial Law update will affect seven cards from three clans, and one of them is even coming off the banned and restricted list. If you look in the comments, there's this gal that it's Kikita Toshimoko coming off the list. Hey, Tyler liked my post. That means <laughs> it's it's definitely going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what that means. Of course, that's 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 legally binding. <laughs> yep. Well, we got nothing but basic speculation to kind of figure out what's going on. I brought up the imperial law list to take a look at what could possibly come off um i'm not seeing too much i mean not to be a dead horse but kikina toshimoko really is in my opinion on the list of things that might come off uh just because i'm not entirely sure some other things maybe pathfinder's blade but we that's there's been a whole situation with that for a while um Maybe Bayushi Liar, because we never, like, we got Tyler's excuse of why it got on there and stuff, but it never quite held water for a lot of people. Although, But his argument is sound. That guy is a, Bayushi Liar is a extreme value purchase for its thing. But it's like, it's just what Scorpion is every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if it might be Miramoto's Fury. The environment where we are, like, rapidly flipping provinces over left and right. Um, it's a not as strong as it used to be, and B, um, not a lot more re- well, it's a lot more straightened, and overall, it's like it's just not as powerful in the current meta as it used to be. So, if I had to put money down, I'd put it on Miramoto's Fury. I'm kind of hoping for yep. Toshimoko. <laughs> um, and as much as I hate to say it, it could be City of the Open Hand. Simply because, uh, well, Scorpion right now isn't running Koto at all. They're all in on the Bayushi uh, stronghold. Kaiden Bayushi? Yeah, Kaiden Bayushi. And their deck is kind of focused around that. And I know a bunch of people played Scorpion for the Dishonor theme. And from what I know, that's just not really going at all right now. They're more on this aggro thing, so that could be something that he tries to be like, well, maybe we'll give you a little bit of something back, but who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm looking at the aforementioned list of the Invitational of the Jigoku Championship deck lists, and I'm actually seeing a lot of City with Open Hand for the Scorpion players. I'm only seeing a couple of Kyun Bayushi. Now, and to your credit, I know you haven't paid closely attention to the meta lately and stuff. Um, the Scorpion meta does seem to be flip-flopping every once in a while between KB and City of the Open Hand. Generally, City of the Open Hand is still the winner, but um, Kyun Bayushi is not necessarily a wrong choice. It's just a much different deck list, um, mm-hmm. and it is seeing play. Uh, that being said, I do think City Open Hand. Remember, the City Open Hand's on there to stop it from being combined with other things, you know, yep. specifically duty. And I don't think City Open Hand and duty should ever see play. That's true. I don't know. And like, and as I mentioned, like duty is very important. It is there specifically so KB doesn't destroy itself. And as I say those words, I don't think a lot of those KB decks running around are actually using duty so that it's more like a opinion on paper it's uh, also kind of um 
I've spoken to this in a path. It's kind of uh, to protect mid and low level players who want to enter the tournament and don't want to get caught up in some like really convoluted things. Like duty is there specifically to take pressure off of Kyun Bayushi. Uh, mm -hmm. A skilled player does not need duty. Also, uh, a most scorpion players just needs all scorpions busted ass cards so that's not really a factor yeah. uh but the this framework on paper is those two cards need to exist for each other um i don't know about city of the open hand uh coming after there for that reason alone take iron mine off the list do it i mean no maybe i don't know is iron mine Remind me, and this is a legitimate question. Remind me why it's on there. Like, I know why it's on there, but when we get into the conversation of where is the power level and how many other effects are we seeing like this, um, is it that worth kidding on there? Because I think Iron Mine is generally the crab's card that they choose, isn't it? It can be. You know, the different decks choose different things. Um, but the reason it's there is to keep Rebuild and Iron Mind from being run alongside each other. Fair enough. But we also have uh, Bob the Builder now who yep. can, um, uh, the was it, the Caillou Engineer? Is that what it is? Something Engineer. Yeah. Uh, who does essentially the same thing, not as uh, efficiently, but as functionally the same thing. So, I don't know. Yeah, we can see. I don't know. This is this is this is wild speculation time. We are going to figure out exactly what this is in about a month. Because I saw the Twitter thing when Tyler posted it, and I was like, "Oh, well, this is pretty early to be posting things about your air quotes winter restricted list updates." I was like, "Oh, he usually does this around New Year's ish." Uh, that's like a month and some change away. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you think about it, if the world wasn't ending, we'd have. Just had worlds. Uh, and, you know, it. So we're like in that after worlds time period when he starts looking at the cards again, right? Um, and also, uh, the fact that I woke up yesterday and there was snow covering everything tells me that it's about time for the winter uh, restricted list update. Oh, yep. <laughs> That's a good harbinger <laughs> of winter might be coming. Yep. And White Walkers and disappointing endings from that series. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cards that might go on the list. Let's see. Um, my money's on Stoked Insurrection. I think a lot of people are looking at Stoked Insurrection. Yeah. Uh, ridiculousness. And since there's three cards, uh, probably a lot of things from Scorpion. I would love to see like most Scorpion cards just throw it into the trash. Just straight up yep. ban them. Don't even bother restricting them. Just ban these cards. I don't care. Just ban um, every Scorpion Stronghold. I don't know about Kachiko. Uh, I still think she's ridiculous, but she's got just enough play around that I don't see her causing any serious issues right now. Yeah. And while she's definitely strong, I don't... Just from what I've seen of deck lists, she doesn't. It's not like you just throw her as a three of in every deck list, right? Like she maybe gets played as a one or two of. Because yeah, she's kind of expensive. She doesn't have like that immediate uh, threat level that her older counterpart has, and you can play around her because not all cards 
that are in your discard pile are necessarily beneficial for you to use offensively. You get your st standards like, you know, a bonsai or something. Like, sure, she could use that. Core games, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we start getting into the, the specialized cards that are, like, in your deck and no one else's uh, or attachments or characters that might be in there. It gets really hard to for her to have a pool to... Um, uh, pull for him. Now that being said, every time she's in conflict, she can just search your your, your, your discard pile for new cards. <laughs> it makes yeah. her a perpetual threat. Who's still crazy and stuff. But um, I could go either way on her. Yeah, it, you know, something will probably be done to Scorpion because something is always done to Scorpion. Uh, if if it's just Stoke, that's one thing. But I I think. Judging by the fact that it's seven cards from three clans, I she seems like a reasonable second choice to go on there because somebody's getting multiple cards put on, most likely uh, multiple uh, factions. I think the other faction that you're going to see a lot of play for is, ironically, Crane. Ironically, I say ironically because I'm always talking about Crane. <laughs> um, so Tyler was a guest on this podcast, and he promised you and me both that Doji Diplomat is not going to be banned or restricted because she is intentionally a key point of this. Hey, we're going to flip our cards face up and do a bunch of cool stuff because you can see our provinces kind of archetype that Crane got last cycle. Yeah. All right, slight technical issue. For those who don't know, Craig, the robot on Discord that we used to record, is kind of a jerk face. It keeps dropping recordings. Um, and it's not just for us. Uh, people in the, let's say, the L5R podcasting community, because we all kind of talk to each other a little bit, uh, we've all been noticing Craig issues going on for the last month or so. So something's wrong with this robot from like a developer level. So we might have to start going back to recording daddy but that's a lot of like background information i don't think our listeners know or care about so yeah uh i think we've blindly speculated enough about the stronghold uh, or the um three uh restricted list restricted list there we go restricted list ban list i'm looking because i'm looking at it right now it says strong i keep forgetting the primary format of the game is the stronghold format because um I'm still interested in Skirmish. Some people are playing it. There's, a, I think, the Skirmish version of L5R is now live on Jigoku, but I haven't played with it at all. Uh, it is a format I am very interested in, uh, but I just haven't played it because up until recently, I couldn't play it. <laughs> I couldn't meet other people to play, and the resources online weren't existent. So maybe that's available, but um, I still hold hope that skirmish is a good version like l5r light that can be used as a way to get new players in because l5r stronghold format i guess it's called is a lot it's a lot to deal with and with skirmish yep. you know win lose or draw at least it's over quickly so <laughs> yeah I had a friend who I had uh, talked to her maybe she was humoring me uh, she's a gamer it's not like she's like a poor to guard games and things uh but i talked to her into like learning the game because i was hyping it up and stuff and this was like earlier in the evening and by the time that we got back to her place it was already like super late 
um, her husband had already gone to bed and she was just eating leftovers. And we, we, the plan on the table was to play the game. And I think she, at that point, she had already in her heart decided that she was just going to uh, play a few rounds, blow the game, end it quickly so she could go to sleep. But she didn't want to break my little heart. Mm-hmm. Um, me, whenever I t- teach players, players how to play, because there's so much going on, I got to explain a lot, and I want them to feel empowered, I will intentionally throw a lot of plays, hoping they will uh, win. Yep. So we went on for like an hour and a half of us both like tossing plays into the garbage, <laughs> trying to make the other person win, so we, ironically we could end the game faster. Yeah, <laughs> It was like, enough! I'm going to bed now! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one last thing about the restriction. I would. I wonder what the third faction was. Tell us very specific. We're gonna get seven cards moving around from three different factions. Crane and Scorpion seem like obvious ones. I don't know who who the mysterious third one is. Maybe Dragon. Uh, and like, let's get some things off of their list. Like, if they take Miramoto's Fury off. Of uh, Dragon a power boost. I'm not even sure how much Miramoto's Fury. If he took Dr- Miramoto's Fury off of the list, I'm not even sure it gets played. Honestly, yeah, I'm not sure. They, um, they, actually, maybe it's the two card though, and they're just like removing one card, not putting anything on. Uh, you know, I take that back because I was going like I'm using say Miramoto's Fury. Uh, I don't think it's played. I wouldn't play it. I've got good cards because I play Crane. Uh, maybe a dragon player would play it because they don't have uh, like good events at all. I mean, they can only like uh, void punch people so many times before that's doing your card. I don't know either, but we're looking forward to it. If we get any more little hints coming around, we'll you know talk about them then. But otherwise, we're waiting for you, Tyler. I mean, what else are we gonna do? Yeah. Uh, well, we do have our spoilers. So, um, a couple of days ago, uh, Fantasy Flight dropped on their website spoilers for pack four. Uh, with the first card being Yogo Jinzo, who just recently appeared in the L5R fiction, which I have not read yet. Uh, it's, uh, it's a good fiction. Starts out some, uh, some crazy stuff. <laughs> Cursed swords or whatnot. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's look at the cards that we have available from both the Fantasy Flight website and two other sources. I'm not sure where the other two sources were. Uh, I believe it's like maybe the Asmodee website and maybe one of their Spanish websites as they tend to do or something like that. Yep. I don't know. Uh, they posted around. So uh, the idea is for the get me, the consumer, to click around the various resources, get them AdSense, and look at. And, accidentally browse some other fine FFG slash Asmodee products I'd be interested in. But I don't do that. I'm a cheater, and I just go on the L5R Discord and see where they've all been collected. <laughs> yep, it's the easy way to do it, right? This is also a reason. Uh, so FFG, when they give out uh, spoilers, not doing it this month because the entire pack uh, 2 got uh, spoiled, but when they do give us uh, spoilers... Uh, I found a good way to interact with the community where I played at uh, 20 questions, although they can ask way more than 20 questions. Uh, I had the uh, folks over on the Crane Facebook group ask me a question. I would give them a yes or no answer and I let them try to 
figure out what the card is and i was like hey, after a couple of days if people have figured it out i'll post the image and stuff it was a very fun and engaging way to build excitement and interest about the card rather than go like oh you know someone so got the card and posted on uh, youtube it doesn't matter we're never going to look at who it was given to where it's from we're just going to go to the spoiler section and find it <laughs> yeah so uh anyway yogo genzo Tell me about Yogo Junzo. What's its stats? What's, what's going on? Yogo Junzo is a unique dynasty character from Scorpion, costing five fate with military five, political four, and two glory. He's a Shugenja Air Damio with Dire. This character gains action. Choose a character, discard all fate from that character. Uh, and then action, choose a character you control, move any amount of fate from that character to your fate pool. Okay. Um, it's interesting. Let's say it's interesting. There's a lot of potential here. A lot of potential for some major damage. Yep. Uh, choose a character you control. Scorpion have a lot of ways to control characters that are not theirs. So he's got a like kind of a built-in way to functionally steal money from uh from you from 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 the from the opponent uh making him richer and also functionally killing one of your characters yep uh what is choose what's some tricks they have to steal characters off the top of your head do you know no, there's obviously blackmail but it only affects like low cost like two cost yeah, characters that's, that's not really i can think of that can steal a character with fate right off hand Stoke insurrection that will grab characters that with no fate. Uh, that uh, Shinobi Geisha she steals people from the graveyard so they don't have any fate on there. Yeah, I don't know, it's there, the potential is there, and you never know if we're gonna get more in the future. Yeah, but uh, I think he's pretty strong. He uh, is at worst kind of a Five fires with no roll restriction. And uh, one of the things about him that I think will really give him power is the fact that when he hits the board, you always have to be aware of the fact that he can just kill one of your characters because at any time he can use his action on himself to become dire and immediately discard all fate from one of your characters. That is something you could do, yeah. So you have to play around that because he doesn't give you the fate back that he steals from people. Or he just gets rid of it. So if you ever load up a character a lot, he might just be like, okay, pop. I'm sure you still have the character for the turn, but they're gone at the end. Yeah, and the idea that so ire is a key word that happens when you have no fate on it. Um... I want you to put a pin on that that little statement we just I just made because uh, that's going to be relevant for a card coming up in a little bit and other things that that card will work with. But for now, we're just going to move on to uh, the one in between, the big one. I'm not going to steal your thunder. Tell me what this other card is. So we have gotten the skin of Fu Lang, a unique attachment from Scorpion that is conflict deck only and has no influence, meaning it cannot be run outside of Scorpion. It is three cost, zero military, three political, black scroll item. Attached to a unique character you control, restricted. 
You may trigger each ability on each character with no fate on it as if you controlled that character. Each opponent <laughs> cannot trigger those abilities. So all I can say is, since there's no influence on this card, Crab Clan, it's been great. Keep it 100. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are you turning ship? Now you, the running joke is, that you, and you've mentioned this before, is you are technically not a crab player. Like You just happen to play a lot of crab. Because that's the story from uh, Joe from Cincinnati. Uh, all right, that Craig just crashed on us for a second time this evening, so we switched to Audacity. So if things sound different, that's why Discord robots are not to be trusted. Much yep. like the Shadowlands. Speaking of the Shadowlands, I think we we're talking about uh, the skin of Fuleng. We were indeed. Uh, where were we going to start? We were in the. We were in a long story about uh, you. Ex- uh, not actually, but you uh, stopping Joe from Cincinnati from being Hatamoto. Yep. Uh, and the, the zinger of the story is that. Um, y- over that summer, some really cool Shadowlands cards had came out for other things, uh, which was tempting you to go to a different, more successful clan. And Joe was gonna like, if you, <laughs> yep. if you switch st- clans yep. and deny me Hatamoto. <laughs> yeah, but if you stole my spot. <laughs> he said it in good humor. He, I, uh, he's never had any yep. ill will towards yep. you for that whole situation, right? It he was always not. like the the weird way that they were do they used to do um, the top eight cut. There. Yeah, yeah. I'd say me and Joe are friends is through L5R, at least. You know, I don't speak to him regularly, but I, I talk to him online occasionally, and every time we go to events, we find each other. So, Is he still playing L5R? I mean, I, as much as any of us Yeah, are exactly. L5R, I, I think he's probably playing as much as I am, right? Where, like, yeah. he, he'll, he might get back into it, but... Yeah. I feel like he had stepped away a little bit uh, right before L5R, but maybe he was also a situation of... Hey, I'm not going to make it to any events for the rest of the year, so I'm going to put he, on hold. And... Uh, he recently had a kid right before the whole lockdown started. Oh, yeah. So. Children. Yeah. <laughs> you know what will corrupt your alpha of our life faster than the, than the taint? Children. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> this kid's cute on Facebook, too. Yep. Anyway, back to the Black Scroll. Uh, lore dump. For people who do not know... Uh, this is kind of this is one of those uh, situations of the old lore we assume to be correct until the new one comes to replace it. So, uh, Fu Leng is one of the nine kami that uh, fell from heaven, uh, you know, with Lady Doji, Lady uh, or um, Lady Shiva, was it Lady Shiva. I don't know all the kami's that start founded the great clans. Uh, Fu Leng was the one who fell. He he didn't fall with his brothers and sisters. Fell into a area so hard into the earth that he punctured the mortal realm and fell into Jigoku, which is basically hell, and became corrupted by Jigoku's forces. And uh, got an army of goblins and onis and laid uh, had a war with the rest of the empire. It's c- created what's called the sh- what's known as the Shadowlands. Uh, when he was defeated by the uh, in the Day of Thunder by the seven great heroes of the clans. He was sealed away in seven black scrolls, basically horcruxes. And once all of these scrolls are open, 
you know, you open one, it'll give you fantastic abilities, but it taints everybody and unleashes a little bit more Fulang. When they're all open, Fulang will live again. Again! However, once one has been opened, it allows his influence to spread through Rokugan. And the only way to seal it away again is to open them all. At least that's what the the Elemental Council of the Phoenix keep telling people. <laughs> Look, just open all of them. It, it'll be okay. That's how you stop the bad stuff. That's also a it's a, a lore and also real life uh, lore event where uh, there was one of the mega games that was going on in early days of the original L5R where winners of tournaments can choose whether a representative from their clan would open a scroll or not. Uh, and the Phoenix players kept winning, and they just kept opening scrolls. <laughs> and the writers had to come up with a reason, uh, which is like partially true, but also partially they had to justify the players, actions of players. Uh, like, oh no, once we started opening things, we had to learn, uh, or keep opening so we could learn how to close it again. Um, the resulting like laid waste to the Elemental Council and most of the Phoenix clan at the time, but it all worked out in the end, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, question mark. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's enough for lore and personal anecdotes. What is the power of this card? Before Craig ca- crashes on us again. <laughs> Craig comes into audacity and yeah. turns our computers. Go away, Craig, no! So the power of this card is that it lets you have all the dire abilities, obviously. Hmm. Uh, but it's, it's not only that, it is any ability on any character with no fate. So if somebody runs out of fate or you, you know, Yogo Junzo all their fate off, uh, you get access to every one of their abilities. Which seems incredibly strong. It can be, but we've got a number of limitations here. One, it costs three, which is a lot, especially on an attachment, even though Scorpion tend to have a lot of, like, money lying around because they don't care about their characters. But also, because since they don't care about their characters, can only but uh, be attached to a character, a unique character they control. Uh, Scorpion has so much money lying around because they only put like between zero and one fate on little weenie guys. So very few of them are unique, and even fewer of them are going to be alive for very long in the phase. So uh, not many opportunities to play this card, really, unless you start rocking a Kachiko or a Shoju or something of that nature. Um, and then, uh, for the same reason that I kind of rail on the things like um, uh, some events that like prevent triggering events uh, or uh, actions, surprisingly very few abilities that will trigger in this game, at least reliably. Uh, so you finally get the money, play it on his character, and have no one on the field really able to do, uh, to copy anything. So, uh, kind of a niche play. Look, I know you're pointing out obvious things, but this is a black scroll. Ignore the downside, play it. Only upside. <laughs> uh, it is powerful enough to warrant, like, a really cheeky 1x in a, in a card that, like, really wants to see it play. I would not begrudge someone that. Um, and there's not, like, you can offset some of these things. You can put more unique characters into your deck if you really want to get this thing played. Uh, and just there's ways to get money on the table. You get freaking uh, Jinzo, who we just talked about. Take money off of him, put it on here, boom, you're done. 
Um, so it's a thing. <laughs> it's powerful, but like this, you know, this is good power. This is um, it's a strong card, but it's so situational. It's not going to. Uh, you're not gonna see people jamming three X of these things all the freaking time, you know? Yep. Like some of these other cards. Clearly, this is the card that will allow them to bring to, uh, Toshimoko back because you just uh, you have him as the scorpion player, not the crane. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That would be annoying. <laughs> uh, let's see. The next card we're going to look at is the one I said put a pin in. Because this one's got some functionality. Can you read this card for me, please? We have Shadow Step. A one-cost event out of Scorpion. A conflict card with one influence. Spell Shadow. Void roll only. Action. Choose a non-mythic character you control. Remove it from the game, then put it into play. If that character does not have the shadow trait, it enters play dishonored. So, the how do I word this? The article that this uh, card was spoiled in put out the very obvious use of this card is: Hey, if a character uh, enters play, they are straightened. So, at the lowest level. This is a cheeky stand-up card for a Scorpion, especially Shadow, because Shadow is the brand of the specific uh, Shadow brand ninjas that Scorpion tend to use, so it's kind of a thematic thing. Um, and if it was just that, cool. Dope. Um, but because of the way that things happen when something leaves play and then comes back into play, uh, it's got potential for all kinds of wacky things happening. Like, when a character leaves play, um, they, everything on it goes away. All attachments, gone. That's uh, something you want to do on your own character, whatever. Uh, status tokens go away. Well, they'll trigger. Like, if you if your character goes away and with a dishonor token, then you're going to lose one honor. Uh, vice versa if you have an honor token. But generally speaking, that all goes away. Um, I guess poison tokens, if you had anything on there. Those are attachments. Uh, also, fate. Fate uh, just goes into its owner's uh, fate pool. Or not fate pool, but it's fate... Uh, what's the... the Out of game, yeah. Uh, but when a character comes back as they are straightened, they're basically considered a new instance of that character. So all abilities on there are essentially refreshed along with, you know, they're now being straightened, you know. Yep. As well as... It does in these situations. Uh, it does trigger both courtesy and sincerity. Mm. I don't know why you'd ever want to trigger it with courtesy since it costs one. But you could use it as a weird cycling card if you had a sincerity character out. Yeah. But then I, I tend to put a, uh, a pin in Yugo, Yogo Genzo's ability to um, do his effects as a dire. Um, anyone who comes in with no fate has dire effect on there. So you can start double dipping dire effects with this ability or ge in general, any effect that you want to pl refresh and play again, you can use shadow step to re, uh, activate a, a ability of this card. I was also thinking of things like, I'd like to use it with Uji, although coming into play dishonored stops him from using his ability, but any card that like gets, uh, a care, uh, a character who is, Got a powerful ability, you just get a second instance of doing that. <laughs> you know, Gilgo Junzo gets dire, 
You trigger his ability, strip all the fate from somebody, blink him, strip all the fate off of somebody else. I mean, you, you, everyone would really have to go through every clan's of a card to see who has an ability that, oh, hey, getting to use this again for free, or all the dire stuff to see how powerful it is. But just, like, waves and waves of potential here in this one card. It only has one influence. Yep. So I suspect them we're going to see... And the dishonor, I don't know how much of a drawback this is going to be. Uh, me as a crane, I'm never going to play it because that dishonor token, like the ability would have to be really powerful to have what's going to be essentially a nerfed character with a dishonor token. I've got ways of doing it, but I don't have so much I can just ignore a dishonor token like that. Yeah. Uh, same same for Phoenix, I suspect. But uh, hey, you crabos don't have a lot of glory. I don't think you care about a dishonor token. A lot of unicorns don't have a a lot of glory. Uh, The other thing to note is if there are any characters that have when this enters play effects, you can trigger those again as well. Yep. Oh yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of too. Um, So I was thinking of uh, Crane's um, benevolent hosts where I could start pulling characters from my dynasty uh, side on the play. Oh yeah. Like, out of Crab, the uh, apprentice engineer could be an, another rebuild. That would work, yeah. I mean, now we're... I would wonder what uh, holdings you have are so powerful that you're willing yeah. to spend three fate <laughs> for two instances of it. But, uh, no, the, op- the option's on the table. Um, and, you know, the more we do this, the more it proves itself of how much potential is in this card. Uh, your mileage may vary depending on what clan you are in and what effects you have, but um, you can build some cards around, uh, some decks around this. Yep. And void roll only, that's a pretty po- a common <laughs> roll to choose. Yes, it is. We should do a, uh, an episode about, hey, what are the current roles and what, what value the roles, uh, the elemental roles and the keeper and or seeker yep. get you these days. Yeah, that'd be a good episode to do. But we just keep uh, getting inundated in spoilers, so... It has been a big high roll of spoilers the last couple of months, hasn't it? Yep. Like, it seems like every time, like, we're at, we're at the stage of, like, oh, boy, Max, what are we going to talk about the, in the podcast tomorrow? Oh, look! Spoilers! Yep. <laughs> juicy, juicy L5R content. <laughs> yep. Speaking of juicy, juicy content, something that uh, the internet was kind of ablaze with over the weekend... Dragon got another card, a good card, which is something that you're not allowed to have, but okay. Uh, Mushin no Shin. The interrupt, when the effects of a uh, triggered ability would initiate, if that triggered ability chooses a character you control with two or more attachments as a target, cancel those effects. So, Dragon have a cancel. Dragon have a cancel that is worded in such a way that they can use it uh, very well. People who want to splash it can technically use it, although they can't meet the requirements as hard. Also, it's got three influence, mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's going to cost you if you want to do it and stuff. But yep. no, this is pretty um, It's pretty good. Also, it is a it's not a hard event cancel like you're going to see in um like excuse me in a forged edict or voice of honor. This targets any card much in the way that a uh, finger of jade does. As long as it's a triggered ability, and it's at one point tries to target one of your characters, as long as they've got two swords or whatever, uh, they are safe, air quotes. Yep. 
Uh, and I'm just going to say if I ever run this card, I'm going to put the Netrunner card motion notion in the sleeve instead. There's a Netrunner card motion notion? Yep. <laughs> what does that do? Does it cancel a thing if you have two swords? Uh, it does not. Uh, it's it's based around the fact that motion notion is kind of a, a mind game thing. It Basically, motion notion, if I remember correctly, is the... It's the concept of, like, the wine in front of me thing. It can be used that way. Where it's, okay. where it's like, is it's mind without mind. So it's basically a thing of, what is this? And it's, you can read up about it more if you want, but uh, Mushin Notion and Netrunner was, uh, it allowed you to install a card face down and place advancements on it, which was a very powerful effect because the corporation that it was in, Genteki, was known for uh, using traps. So it would very much yeah. be a question of, is this a card you really need to come look at, or is it a really deadly trap? <laughs> you just activated my trap card. Yep. Oh, I did not know that little bit of trivia, because only, the only card game I play is all 5R. Yep. Now I'm wondering if there's some uh, sullen, um, what's the name of that game? Android Netrunner? Uh, some Netrunner designer or graphic designer who's just all bitter the FFG offices like I'm gonna yep. make a Netrunner card and put it in here stop me yep <laughs> yep uh, what's his little buddy talking about man it's just Christmas for you these, these days what's the little buddy sitting next to him in this little spread that we've got here uh, that is our friend the Unleashed Experiment it is a two cost character out of Crab with four military, three political, and zero glory. Creature, Shadowlands. Dire, this character loses each other non-keyword ability, and as an additional cost to declare this character as an attacker defender, you lose to honor. Uh, it might be a reaction when... It, it's slightly covered up, so we can't see the full text. Mm. But when it's dire, you don't lose the honor. Uh, and I would just like to point out that the Shadowlands creature... Uh, is better able to sway the courts to its arguments than Casada is. I mean, to be fair, Casada's a jerk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and this is one of those tainted crabs. He probably has to spend a lot of time trying to convince people, like, listen, I'm not even, I haven't lost my mind yet. I'm good, bro. Yep. Uh, I imagine that this creature is probably something like what we saw in the basement in the first Kuniyori story. Where it was these people being mutated by the Shadowlands. They were these huge, bulbous, giant creatures that were like mm. completely filled the cages or like overflowing out of them. I kind of like to think this is just what the Tainted Hero eventually evolved into. <laughs> it's pretty fair, although, as an experiment, uh, who is it that experiments on stuff in the Shadowlands? Cootie Hori. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes the Daka now, I guess. Yep. Maybe they just have a grand old time together, experimenting on, hey, let's find... What happens if we take this person and just throw a bunch of Maho at him? As you can see, there's, like, a bowl of blood being scattered by this thing and a bunch of, like, candles. So I imagine some kind of ritual happened. <laughs> just thinking, you mentioned that who does experiments is like, yeah, uh... uh Tadaka's out there. Is he going to go evil again? No, because he's got a male lady and her rat friend to keep him in check. Yep. That'll, that'll, yep. that'll, that'll, that'll teach him. That'll plug the hole in that dam right there. Yep. <laughs> right. Uh, but I uh, think this card is, has the potential to be really strong. 
Uh, 4-3 stats for two costs are by no means a small amount. Uh, you rarely yeah. fade up characters with this much cost anyway, so... But I mentioned, t I mentioned Tainted Hero on purpose because that's ba this is basically a fixed version of that card, yes. isn't it? T Tainted Hero, uh, for those who don't know, is a crab personality who costed three, had six military and no political. Yep, uh, dash political. And his, and the ability says this character cannot be declared as an attacker defender. However, it had an action that you can sacrifice a character until the end of phase to treat this character's text box as if it were blank. So basically, I've got to murder one of my friends to go smash things big. Um, this uh, Unleashed Experiment is a much more refined version of that uh, because he doesn't get sit there and be, it becomes a potato for half the time. Yep. And from uh, at two, two for four or three, it's a it's a pretty nice um, value statement there. Yep, that's uh, one of the most efficient in the game. I'm pretty sure even Matsu Ted isn't this efficient. It kind of shows you how because we talked before about like why do some like really big stuff from Crab not see play because big dumb stats don't get you anywhere really in the long term. It's funny how Tainted Hero, who is a three for six. Uh, is considered basically unplayably bad. However, this guy who's a two for four, lower numbers, but it's really the fate. Yep. Not uh, only costing two fate on someone, you're probably not going to uh, put fate on anyway to activate his dire ability. Um, just yeah. much more efficient, gets much more bang for your buck. And uh, this one is a full Shadowlands monster, not just some guy who's trying to hold the taint off, which, you know, automatically makes it a better <laughs> include. Don't want to talk about it much, but I do like the card in the back of the spread. Uh, agreeable arrangement. It's a crane card. I don't know. All I know is it costs zero and it targets. It takes control of some kind of friendly character of some sort. I don't know. Yeah. I like the art because it kind of looks like uh, two guys are getting married. So I really yeah. hope we get a card that has two guys getting married. We need to see more of this. I don't know because they don't seem to be that formal yeah. right now for a marriage ceremony. But I don't know. You know, just guys being, you know. They're just two guys living together their whole life as best friends. Two guys standing side by side because they might be gay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as well as the Phoenix card, Blessed by Fukujin, uh, which is an attachment that gives some stats and does something about dishonor. Yep, something. <laughs> not, a lot to, not a lot to talk about. Our work does not show two potentially homosexual men. But we shall see. Yep. Uh, the next spread. Since I've got, I've I've got my crane blood boiling. I'm going to talk about this one. Uh, talented performer. Yep. It is a two cost conflict character. Zero military, two political, one glory courtier. Um, we have to add some of this because it's behind a, a fan. But it seems to read. Uh, while this character is in play, uh, or this character must be chosen as the target of. Each event, if able, yep. uh, has a three influence cost. So assume there's not a lot of wiggle room there. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident that's what it says. Yep. Um, interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting card. Uh, it obviously protects your stuff, but you have to target it as well. Mm-hmm. So. 
yeah, I gave it that interesting in the way like, oh, it, 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 it's, I like to think about it. It gives me hope. And then as soon as you start crunching the numbers, like, oh, I don't think this card's actually going to see play. Nope. Because it would have to be the one that did all your duels. It would have to be the one that got all of your way of the cranes. Well, I'm not so worried about what I can do because there, and it also goes into why uh, it's not also uh, like it's not effective as a weapon either. Uh, there's a number of vents that don't target people mm-hmm. that is playing, and I can go through my deck right now and find all the events that target people. And the, the, her playing a factor into it is not going to be an issue and stuff. Or I would just play that card and then play her afterwards. You know, yeah. easy peasy. Um, plus, with things with the current uh, wealth of the crane situation, where I could get all of my holdings in play, I've got a whole wealth of actions on the board that are repeatable that I never have to go into my hand anyway. So, uh, plus with char- actions on characters, with all my, you know, duelist trainings and things like that, very easy to for me to avoid getting hit there. Uh, that being said, even if my opponent doesn't have as many tools, it's also kind of easy enough to play around her that she's not that big of a threat. Yep. She has the uh, potential to to be really good, but she's just so expensive for her stats. Yeah. Uh, two two for a conflict character. I think that's okay-ish. Uh, the one glory kind of disappoints me, but you don't want another. Uh, um, what's that dragon card? The master monk. The man. there's the ancient master, and then the tattooed wanderer. Anci- yeah. Uh, well, the Ancient Master with his plus two glory. Yeah. You try, we're, we're trying to avoid that situation. You know, you a don't want to give... A character that read one cost claimed the Imperial favor. You don't want to give Cranes a too much, like, free glory characters, because we just abuse the hell out of that. Yeah, so. when my friend started learning the game, I gave him a Phoenix deck, because that was the faction he wanted to play. And I kind of explained it to him, but he, after the night, he was like, why is Ancient Master this deck? It doesn't find anything. I'm like, oh, that's not what it's there for. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of Phoenix and Glory, man, the Serene Warrior looks so cool. It's like one of the coolest arts. Yep. Cannot be played. So miserable to play. Oh, my God. Yep. But anywho, uh, as for this character, I like that. So it may not see play. I like that it exists because at the very least, I could see this being a meta solution. If there's some, like, real problem targeting cards floating around, uh, this could be whipped out to solve that one. So yep. I I may not run it immediately. I might run a cheeky one of in my deck. Uh, but I like that it exists. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you go back okay. onto your Maho rant okay, now. Okay, so we've got Peace. some card called Untainted. Uh, it's unplayable. Its text box is actually blank as far as we can tell. Uh, it's a one-cost dash-dash crab attachment that just says attach. Uh, so clearly being untainted is impossible. But uh, <laughs> I was worried about the things in the fact. I, just, I literally just like the art in that one card so much. That's why I mentioned the one in the back. Yeah. Uh, but the card that we actually have here is Dark Resurrection, a new unicorn Dark event. Resurrection! Yep. It sounds like a Castlevania attack. Yes. <laughs> Dark Resurrection! Have you, ever, have you uh, ever played Castlevania Symphony of the Night? Uh, if I have, I've never completed it. Oh, I keep forgetting you're a child. Uh, it's got some of these really uh, cheesy one-liners. That yep. I swear to God, Dark Resurrection is one of the things that uh, Dracula says while you're fighting yeah, him. So I you have to it. say it with a cheesy 8-bit filter over your mouth. Dark, Dark Resurrection! Resurrection. 
Anyway. But it is a three-cost event from Unicorn in the conflict deck that costs one influence. Uh, Maho, spell, earth. Earth roll only. This card's fate cannot be... It can only be paid for fate on characters you control, as it is Maho. Action. During a military conflict, choose up to three characters, each with printed costs three or less in your dynasty discard pile. Put those characters into play in the conflict Dishonored. How are you feeling about this card before I speak on it? I like it. I think it's a fixed Cav Reserves that is much more splashable into other factions. Yeah. I wanted you to go first because I listened to Jade Throne earlier and they were talking about this, so my opinion is tainted and uh, they are not too hot in this card. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and kind of disagree with them on this one because as we were talking about before, uh, with Dyer running around, uh, so any of these characters who this card pulls out is going to be um, have Dyer automatically mm-hmm. activated um, or any of their enter into play effects activated. Uh, just like we're talking about, sh- everything we said about Shadow Staff applies to this one as well. But you get three characters, and like three fate is a lot, but getting like three characters up to three fate <laughs> for three fate—that's uh, pretty good math, right there. I like it. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's the the potential to start triggering things or get new instances of something that was only really meant to happen once before. You know, I'm suddenly interested in what's that. Agasha Sumiko, her experienced version. The one I sat around I was like, this card is dumb. Do you remember? Do you even remember what I'm talking about? It was so long ago. It's such a forgettable card. Agasha Sumiko. The new version of Agasha Sumiko is a four coster for four four. She had her own stat line, but is when she left play, um, she would uh, check a bunch of stats. Like, if you have, if your opponent has more cards than you, she, mm-hmm. you could draw two cards. If your opponent had more honor than you, you could get two honor. If you had more other things, you get more stuff. Some bunch of things in twos. Uh, terrible thing, card, normally, because why would you put, like, four is champion of daimyo level cards. Like, that's someone you want to invest a lot and have them on the board for a while. And Subiko wants to leave the board a whole lot. Yeah. If you start yo-yoing her with cards like Shadow Step, and Dark Resurrection. No, you can't Dark uh, suddenly, Resurrect her because she costs four. Well, you get Shadow Step. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could see, like, Dragon going low on honor and cards and be like, and the pump be like, oh, 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 I have you now. Just be like, Shadow Step, Sumiko, Shadow Step, Sumiko, Shadow Step, Sumiko. Mm-hmm. That would, uh. That'd be cool. I want to build that deck right now. I've, I've saved... I have saved the dragon with dark magic. You're uh, welcome, dragon. Yeah. That being said, uh, yeah, some people were down on this card. I don't want to... I haven't listened to other podcasts at all, so I can only say that like I only listen to Drake Throne and stuff, but I don't know. I think this one's something to watch out for. Mm, I don't know... If it's actually see play in Unicorn, because I don't know too much in Unicorn that would see play. Like, would you play this card like to play that one scout lo- lady who would you play her? You search your deck and play another card. Possibly. Like this thing has potential if you start playing with it. So I don't know. But then again, it's another th- three coster out of Unicorn, and Unicorns do not have yeah. the money to 
toss three things and I they get like... canceled by everything in this game because they don't have any cancels. Yeah, I feel like as long as cav reserves exist, this will not be run over it, but we can't say cav reserves will last forever. Mm. So, we'll have to see. Because there are, there's plenty of cards that this could be good with. Its biggest downside is the honor loss, which makes me think that maybe Scorpion will take a look at it. Yeah. The, I do like the honor loss in there. So, we've seen in the lifespan of L5R, so I'm including the old game before, where Maho and Shadowlands effects tended to affect your honor first. And you had pointed out when we saw the start seeing cards for this new cycle that, oh, this new Maho wording where they take fate off your character is more thematic mm -hmm. of how Maho works as blood magic. You have to cut yourself open and sacrifice yourself to get these powerful effects. Uh, this is leading back into old territory uh, to the point where if you're going to play this, you kind of only have to can play it once or so. Well, one, you can't afford to play it more than yeah. once <laughs> at three. But if you start playing this thing too uh, much, uh, you're going to start deciding yourself real fast. This is This card basically says lose three honor. Yeah, but we could have, there could be like a kind of weird, crazy crab deck where you bring back like, uh, Shrewd Yasukis or, uh, Vanguard Warriors, right? And move stuff around like that. It's entirely possible. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, crab is like one of the last clans you can has the, the honor to, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, worth playing with this, but, but uh, it's possible. I could bring people. Bring people in and then keep them alive with all those yeah. iron mines and things. Yep. Uh, I also do like that uh, they don't automatically die from it, so if you have, like, for greater glory, you can keep them alive. Hmm. So. Yep. Will this card see a ton of play? I doubt it, but I really like it anyway. I think it's, it's good enough to exist and worth, like, considering and building a deck yeah, around. I, yeah, I think, so. actually, its biggest downside is its first text line, Earth Roll Only. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention that. This is kind of like the first, to my knowledge, card that even made me consider Earth Roll. Yep. Because um, that is just one of the most underserved yes, <laughs> rolls that are there. Uh, anyway, final spread. Um... Even though I was just talking about, we don't have to mention the cards in the back of the fan. I do want to mention this one, not just because it's a crane, and but I think I can speculate on this one somewhat. It's called Arrogant Kikita. It is a two cost, three, two, with pride and some sort of forced reaction. I don't know, like, I don't know what this is. It could be a conflict character, it could be a dynasty character. I don't know. I do know already that I don't think I'm going to play it. It's fair. <laughs> Because uh, two three two, we've already seen that stat line on, on some low level Kikitas. Like you're that two cost. Let's say if this is a dynasty character, this thing is competing against um, Brash Samurai. This thing is competing against Narishima. This play is thing is competing against Netsu. Right? It's got some stiff competition in that slot, um, and it's already coming in with pride. That's already a point against it right now. Yep. And depending on that forced reaction. That can't be good. Yeah. That can't be good for someone named Arrogant Kikita. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this card is, but I'm pretty sure it's fodder, uh, binder fodder. That's pretty fair. Yeah. We'll have to see. I like it flavor-wise that it's the Arrogant Kikita who has pride, but yeah. 
I mean, that is a thematic thing that should be in, in Korean decks for a while now, so yep. that works. It, Brash Samurai was supposed to be that, but he just turns out to be like the most efficient work hard yep. works in the deck, so... <laughs> but we have a couple more cards we can go over here real quickly, because I don't think any of them are too exciting. Not really. Well, one's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the least interesting here, Young Philosopher. A two-cost Phoenix character that is Dash Military, four political, two glory, Shugenja Air Scholar. That's it. No text box. Uh, no text box, but I'll tell you what. Um, as far as bread and butter cards go, you could do worse. This is a Shugenja and a Scholar. So one of the... I feel like that's not a very rare combination. That kind of bridges the gap for a lot of their uh, decks. Not Courtier, I guess that would be too much. Mm -hmm. uh, but two for four, political, two glory, if you can get some honor effects on them, that's pretty good. Shigenja yeah. um, is still a really powerful um, uh, keyword. So, Yep. Will it see play? Maybe if you're really looking for some keywords out of it, but I don't think it'll be a, a common card to see. I'm more interested in her outfit. Is that a kimono with a with a midriff that she's wearing? This must be one of those uh, outfits uh, that has maybe some Korean or some other uh, East Asian design because it's not a kimono. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And if you listen to some of the conversations people have been having online about, like, well, if she ha like this is we're in Rokugan, that is a fantasy society. 99.9% .9 inspired by Japan. Why are people just randomly in, like, non-Japanese clothes sometimes? It makes you wonder. Yep. Maybe she's been trading with the unicorn. That's a possibility. That is actually some, something that uh, the unicorn has worn in the past, though. Yep. So, maybe. I mean, she had a name, some sort of backstory we could, like, speculate. But, you know, yep. just as we are speculating on the air of, like, oh, maybe there's a good reason for it. Someone could easily speculate, like, oh, maybe it's just lazy, yep. you know? That's not an excuse. Maybe somebody just thought it looked cool, and, you know, <laughs> who cares about the, like, staying with the theme? Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably should uh, consult some people about that one, but uh, let's move on. Um, solitary hero for Dragon. Dagrons. Let's see. We've got uh, so three costs, three military, uh, one political. No idea what the glory is. Bushi Duelist. This character cannot be evaded. I'm going to speculate on a lot of this because it's half covered up, but I'm pretty sure I can figure out what most of it is anyway. Mm -hmm. This character cannot be evaded by the covert keyword, I assume. Yep. Action. During a conflict in which this character is participating on your side alone, remove something. I don't know what it is. From each other participating character, uh, something, something, blank, or, uh, military, or lower. So I assume it is remove, I'm going to say a fate. That's from every guess. other participating character who has equal or lower military skill than him. Yep. Um, could be multiple fates, probably one fate. Um, probably one. It could be, like, a character that just eats fate off of people is really strong. And, you know, with three, with three, three, that's enough uh, for a tower-heavy deck like Dragonu. You know, build a little mini tower on him yep. to be something worthwhile. The concern uh, would be the fact that he also eats it off of your characters. 
Yeah. Well, he can only do it while he's, he's alone, so oh, he's yeah, only okay. doing it to sure, himself. Very true. <laughs> I suppose that makes sense. But yeah, I think he he could be interesting if we he's a, an interesting tower base. Hmm. But given the amount of tower hate we've seen, kind of recently, I'm not sure if that'll be enough. Yeah, it is weird. I th- we mentioned that before, where we're seeing a lot more tower like attachments, control cards, which the game in general desperately needed. Uh, but ironically, we're seeing it right at the same time that Dragon is kind of doubling down on its attachment manipulation. So, are they going to be so good at uh, attachment control that they can like overcome all of the the increased amounts of attachment control in this game? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they haven't been doing good so far, but. Well, they did just get a couple good cards, so, well, you know, every time a pack is released, we'll see what the meta turns into. Yep. I mean, I did just fix uh, <laughs> Dragon with yep. that combination with, with Shadow Stepping Sumiko, so we'll yeah. see. Dragon's coming back. <laughs> uh, read this last card for us All right, quick. this last one is a Meticulous Scout. It's a one-cost character out of Lion. Two military, zero political, one glory. Bushi, scout, seeker, roll only. Action. If you have gained two or more honor this phase, choose a province an opponent controls. Place a dishonored status token on that province and reveal it if able. While province has a dishonored status token, treat its printed text box as if it were blank. Except for traits. Alright, Tyler. We're playing with fire again. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. <laughs> we, 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 there's this back and forth we mentioned it when we had him on there and there, it's always the conversation going on of like how strong is a province blinking card where that private thing uh, that all being said I like I mean one for like it's a one for two character you know for uh, for lion they'll play it that's mm-hmm. pretty it's a good base for nothing else uh, gaining two honor, very easy for that clan, even in decks that are not really there to gain honor. Um, it does feel like there's a lion tax on there. Like, just because lion generally do things easy, it seems to be a prerequisite for all of their cards. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason. So all those caveats being said, I think it's useful. Yeah. My, my question would be, does this character have to be in play for the dishonored token to be blanking? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that that's uh, my question, and I think it's what really determines if this ability is good or kind of meh. My knee-jerk reaction is going to be no, uh, but we'll see. Yep. I, the, the the rules judges will they will let us know. But, yep. Um, but no, uh, yeah, like I say, like I I, I was like, oh, we're we're all in agreement. Don't want to understand like blanking a province, especially with the very offensive provinces we have right now that could be used on the attack. Um, it's really good. I kind of wonder some other things like you slap this thing on City of the Rich Frog. Does that just like peel off all of their cards? Yep. Well, that's terrible. In fact, well, actually, it's also not... a, a revealing tool. Actually, I don't think it would uh, uh, drop off of the cards because there's no actual rule saying a card has a limited amount of cards that can be, uh, a province can have a limited amount of cards on there. This is why how Crane is getting away with some of the crazy stuff we're doing right now with Wealth of the Crane. Yep. So if you did this and 
emptied it, it would not refill with three cards, but the cards on there wouldn't go away. Yep. Um. So even though we keep playing this back and forth of like how blanking provinces, doing things with provinces, is that strong? Is that good? How to do it well? Um, I will say I still like the idea of it being in the game because sometimes you just need tools to exist in the game to deal with certain things. Yep. Yep. <laughs> not, not much else to say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, this is the gr- the greatest ping pong game of all time. <laughs> the conversations that we have, I'll yep. talk for three hours, and Max will come in like, "Yep." <laughs> well, after you've talked for three hours, what more do I have to to contribute? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, Actually, editing note too. Cause one of the things I do when I edit, other than take off some of them are, are egregious, um, or things yeah. like that, is I shorten the spaces in between us talking Mm -hmm. because uh we will do that where i'm sitting here talking for a long time and then you have a long pause and they'll say yep and it's very clearly like the yep is you like prepping turning on your brain to build your response and then takes another three seconds and then you start talking to me yeah so if you ever listen to our podcast after it's been edited it sounds like a great flowing conversation where you're coming off as more like yeah blah 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 blah. but for me it's like Blah, 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 blah. Yep. <laughs> as blah, I, blah, as blah, I blah, try blah. to think if there's anything else I can contribute <laughs> to say about it, and then realize, yeah, not really. <laughs> we shall never do a live show. Only recorded. <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of recorded, let's see how long it's going to take for me to record this one since Craig has crashed on me twice, and now we've switched over to Audacity. Yes, so, we have. Uh, any final shout-outs you want to have? Uh, I'll shout out Disco Elysium again. Play that game if you haven't. Yes. Uh, I encourage everyone to spend $1,500 on a new PC and then start playing all the cool Steam games you always dreamed about and never had a chance to before. Yep. <laughs> and also, also spend three days trying to uh, uh, dick around with, like, two different capture cards, trying to get the PlayStation 4 to work for a stream that you never even use the capture card for anyway. Well, you'll be prepared if the world ever stops ending. 2020, the world's already ending. Yeah. Trying for it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's give a final shout-out to our sister podcast, the, Ar- the Court Games RPG Podcast, hosted by Kikita Kaori and Kovar over there. Uh, we've also got our actual play podcast, Crimson Gold Agonies at Fortune and Strife. Uh follow their ongoing RPG adventures. And also you can go on YouTube to check out Tokyo the Five Rings, a new series we have talk about Japanese history, culture, and religion. You can f- Where can we find all these things, Max? Just go to courtgamespod.com. That's right. All you want and more, courtgamespod.com. Just come on down to courtgamespod.com. How much Maho is on courtgamespod.com? Not enough. <laughs> well, you can come write an article and fill it with all sorts of uh, Maho and Dishonor and Shadowlands. Genius plan. I'll get right on it. <laughs> no, you're not going to go play more Blood Bowl. Don't lie to me. Don't Maybe. you sit here and lie to me. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> While you're filling our website full of Maho, uh, check out our Patreon, which goes to support this podcast, the other podcasts, everything Seabass kind of does, and also the L5R Discord in general. Uh, I also want to give a personal shout out to Nathan Rice 
from Zombie Orpheus Entertainment. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Zombie Orpheus Entertainment, or Zoe, uh, they did the Gamers movies back in the day, and they have their Journey Quest series, which they've uh, uh, sponsored, like, have four seasons now that's on TV. Yep. Uh, great people. I've met them before uh, at Gen Con and some other places, and... I was I'm, I'm on their Facebook group and someone was talking about the the fake romance of the Nine Kingdoms, which was the plot point of their third movie, Gamers Hands of Fate. Uh, what people don't necessarily know, especially them, I had to, I went over there and told them, was that um, uh, the game Romance of the Nine Kingdoms is basically a copyright safe version of L5R. At least it was heavily inspired by. It. Actually, I think the core rules were inspired by a different AEG game at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we were the, the 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 extras and the background characters of that thing. So whenever you went to the tournament scenes in that movie, that was us. You can see me in the background. I've had people stop. It's like, hey. I th- I'm watching this movie. Is that you? Like, yep, that was me <laughs> 20, five years ago and 200 pounds later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was, yeah, I was talking, uh, I was on there. There was like, hey, what's with this R9 uh, or Romance of the Nine Kingdoms game? And I still was like, hey, it's uh, based off of L5R. And he basically gave him the spiel I just gave you and the listeners just mm-hmm. now. And a few hours later, Nathan Rice came and tagged me and. Keep in mind, I don't have our information prompted in my bio or anything and stuff. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's a listener of the show already because he still plays L5R. Uh, he listens to this podcast. He listens to some other podcasts. And he's still an active member of the community. I think he when he went to the, crane, uh, the, the L5R after party when they recorded us at Gen Con all those years ago, I'd say it was like six, seven years ago, uh, he mentioned he was a crane player at heart. So, ha <laughs> Well, hello to him. Uh, I a couple of years ago at Gen Con, I actually went to uh, dinner with those guys. One of my friends supported them on Kickstarter uh, for their show, and he got dinner with them after after hours and one guest, and I was the guest he brought with him. Oh, cool! Yeah, so I got to hang out with some guys from there, including Nathan, play or not play, but you know, have dinner with them, talk, and. Hang out a little bit. Yeah, I talked about. He might recognize me a little bit personally because uh, I talked to him at Gen Con last year uh, when we still had events uh, because they were put out the Kickstarter for the season four of their show, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, L five R folks, you remember that uh, those folks who made a movie about us? Well, they're making a sh- they need a fundraiser for Kickstarter. Go kick them some support." So. Mm-hmm. I don't, know. I don't know if anyone went there because of me, but I hope I helped in some small way. So. Yep, and I gotta say, uh, The Gamers uh, 2, Darkness Rising, is one of my favorite movies, uh, and I show it to everybody who uh, is my friend. It's required viewing. <laughs> I like that one, too. I like, uh, I like all their stuff. Yeah. Uh, I do not have a, a cameo <laughs> in yes. uh, Darkness Rising. Uh, what I do know is my buddy uh, from Flint, Michigan, where I'm from, uh, we went as a big gaming group up there, and he's just a, uh, my buddy Chad. He's a big curmudgeonly guy, and he will just do things just because he doesn't want to be involved. Mm-hmm. So when he found out they were recording us, he was like, "All right, whenever time the camera comes out, I'm gonna look straight at the camera, so they can't use any footage." <laughs> um, and then so we're expecting his goal is to like just not be in the movie at all, just just to be 
you know, confrontational. Yep. And then we're watching the movie afterwards. I've got like, you see me, my back for like split second and stuff. My other two friends, you don't see them at all. But we kind of like five or six scenes that my buddy Chad is in, just standing <laughs> off to the side. Like, Chad, you're the star of the movie. <laughs> Congratulations. Yep. All right. I think it's about time to get wrapped up here. This recording's already going to take a while to process. Well, I will see you, uh, listeners, later, and I'll see you, Max, next week. Yep, awesome. for sure. Have a good one, everyone. Sayonara, everyone.